Welcome to the Nature Reliance Podcast, where we explore the history and practical experience of the great outdoors and discover new ways to connect with nature. I'm Craig Cottle, your guide through the fascinating world of natural living and survival skills through experiential education and interviews. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nature Reliance School Online Membership, an immersive online learning experience designed for outdoor enthusiasts just like you. Are you passionate about the outdoors? Do you crave more knowledge about disaster readiness, wilderness survival, bushcraft, tracking, and nature awareness? If so, the Nature Reliance School online membership is your gateway to a community of like-minded individuals, all dedicated to learning and sharing essential outdoor skills. With the Nature Reliance School online membership, you get exclusive access to a wealth of resources, including expert-led tutorials, interactive webinars, and a library of engaging courses, downloadable books, and documents. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced outdoorsman, there's always something new to learn. So don't wait. Click on the link below to join the Nature Reliance School online membership today. Embrace the wilderness, enhance your skills, and become part of a community that values nature as much as you do. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, you. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. You like this podcast, don't you? And you're thinking about doing a podcast yourself. Let me tell you how easy it is to do this with Anchor. First off, the money's right. It's free. Zero cost. Secondly, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. Bonus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. gone into battle with a hawk on his shoulder. And then boom! The hawk came out of nowhere. log over there let's sit down next to this fire because I have an awesome story to tell you it's the story about the king and the hawk so you see there was this king and he had became king after being a mighty warrior for his country for nearly four decades he started in the military As a very young man, and now as he was older and much wiser, he had led his armies to defeat many enemies to his homeland. And at the same time, there were some enemies he had to revisit and sometimes maybe even visit again over those several decades. And that's where he found himself now at the time of our story. 
He had been in a distant land far from his country, in the midst of warfare, and his men, who had fought gallantly under his leadership, were very tired, they were dehydrated, and they were very near the end of the battle. But they were going to win, and he knew it. So he determined that it was time to take a break. Once this battle was over, they would go back home. They would get with their families. They would love and they would laugh. And they would enjoy life again. But they still had to complete this battle. And so they did. And as they completed the battle and won, he told his men, he told his top lieutenants, set the boys up. Let's have a good couple of nights here so we can get some rest for the march home. And then we'll head home and we'll stay there for a while. Everybody's done a fantastic job. But what he also told his lieutenants is that, I remember being here once before in battle. And somewhere nearby, in one of these long valleys, is a spring that comes off the hillside and it has the freshest and most sweet-tasting water. And there were four big valleys there. So what he did is he told his lieutenants, I want you to go over there, you to go over there, and I want you to go over there, and I'm going to go down here. I think that is where the spring comes out of the valley. So his men had already set up their tents, set up for camp. Lieutenants took off on horseback, and they rode off to try to find this spring for all the other men. Now one of the things that was so unique about this king was that for many years he had gone into battle with a hawk on his shoulder. And he was quite the presence with this hawk on his shoulder. And he utilized the hawk basically as a means of gathering intelligence and to put forth a certain presence all of which were good in battle. Sometimes the hawk would fly off. He had a particular way that he could communicate with his hawk, and she had served him exceptionally well in battle, flying over the battlefield, coming back with information that he could then utilize to make calculated and intelligent decisions about how to conduct the battle. So as they rode off, he allowed the hawk to just fly, just let her be. Just let her do what she wanted to do. He traveled down this valley, and he got to a point where everything looked acutely familiar. The smells, the trees, the sounds that he was hearing, they all seemed incredibly familiar. And then there it was, the spring that he had been searching for. He himself had been fighting in this battle, so he too was dehydrated and very thirsty, so he was very excited. So he rode up to the spring right where it came off the hillside at the base of this valley. He reached into his saddlebag of his horse, and he pulled out a metal cup. Where he was, it had not been raining very much, and so there wasn't a large stream of water coming out of the hillside. It was only coming out in a drip. So he pulled out his cup and he stuck it underneath of the drip of the water coming out of this beautiful spring. 
and it dripped and dripped and dripped. slowly but surely into his cup. Now the king, as most warriors are, was very stoic and had ample amounts of patience to wait. So that he did. He sat down and he waited while the cup in the background was filling up. Sometimes it would drip. Sometimes there was no drip. And as he waited, he looked at the trees. He walked around and listened to the birds. He could see his hawk flying around, just doing her thing, just being a hawk. And then he noticed up on the hill that she lit and landed into a sycamore tree. Sycamore tree on the top of a hill always indicates water. Sycamore trees nearly anywhere always indicate water, but especially on the top of a hill. There must be water nearby, and that's where this spring was coming from. Now, finally, after a long wait, his cup was full. So he picked it up, and he was licking his lips. He was so dry. Everything was dry, and he was so excited about the fact that he was getting ready to get drink this big cup of fresh, sweet-tasting water. So he pulled it up to his lips, started to turn it up, and then BOOM! The hawk came out of nowhere, knocked the cup out of his hand, water went everywhere, splashed onto his chest, into his beard, all over his face. Stuff went everywhere. The cup went flying down through the woods, and the king was upset, as you could expect. This hawk was acting so much out of character. Why? Why did she do that? I don't understand. He looked up. She had landed in the sycamore tree again. So, he picked up the cup, put it underneath the water again. And it was a waiting game once again. The cup slowly but surely filling up with water from the drips. The hawk sitting in the sycamore tree just kind of preening herself, fixing her wings, making sure that she was as stately as a good king's hawk could be. The king enjoying but being very aggravated that his hawk had done this to him. He had grown impatient. He picked up the cup. It was only half full. I've got to have a drink licked his lips, looked up at the hawk. And as he looked up, she, could, she was there just simply printing herself, cleaning herself, no big deal. So he picked up the cup, put it near his lips, and just as he was about to drink, boom, she comes again out of nowhere. He didn't expect it. Knocked the cup out of his hands, water went everywhere, poured right down his pants. He was pissed off. Very upset at his hawk. Why is she doing this? He asked himself. What is she doing? I, I just don't, don't understand, but I've had enough of this. So he picked up the cup, put it underneath the drip, 
the spring, slowly but surely, it started to fill again. He's looking around. He's again enjoying the outdoors as best he can. But at this point, he has had enough. So he's watching the cup. It eventually gets to where it's getting half full again. He looks up at the sycamore tree and he sees the hawk and she's doing the same thing again. She's just kind of cleaning herself. Just being a hawk. But again, he's had enough. Where he stands, the left side of his body is nearest to where the hawk is. On the right side of his body is his knife. The knife that's gone with him for over four decades. He draws the knife, but leaves it hidden next to his leg. He reaches down and picks up the cup. He starts to bring it up to his lips, and he looks out of the corner of his eye without the hawk being able to tell what he's doing, and sees that she is preparing for flight. So he brings the cup really close to his lips, looks at the hawk once more, and sees that she's coming right at him. She has set a target of that cup one more time, he thinks. This is it. Just as she's about to slam into the cup and knock it out of his hands, he pulls up the knife, removes the cup, and the hawk flies directly onto his blade, impaling herself right through the breast, through the spine, and she's now dead. The king is a warrior. So he just shakes the hawk off, picks up his cup, puts his knife back into his sheath, and says... I'm just going up the hill and I'm going to go straight to this body of water where this spring is coming from. So he does. He climbs the hill. It's quite a climb. It's nearly straight up. It's the body of water that the hawk had been sitting over top of in the sycamore tree. As he gets to the top, he kneels down next to this body of water. He reaches his cup down to get a drink of water. And it is then, and only then, that he comes to the realization that it's full of toxins and poison because of the vegetation, herbaceous plants, and venomous snake that's nearby that is in the water. It is then that he realizes that the hawk had seen it all along and knew the water, even though it seemed pure, even though his memory served him right that it was sweet many years ago, that if he drank this water, it would surely kill him. So my question to you, listener, what's the moral to the story? Again, what is the moral to the story? That's for you to determine, not me. Thanks for joining me, Uncle Craig, sitting here next to the fire, a little drizzling rain happening around us. What did you learn? What can you share with others? Pass it on. Come on, join in. Let's learn together.
And that wraps up another fantastic episode of the Nature Blinds podcast. I hope today's journey has inspired you to explore and connect with the natural world in new and exciting ways. Before I say goodbye, remember to check out the Nature Blind School online membership. If today's episode sparked your interest in wilderness skills and outdoor adventures, this online community is the perfect place for you to start or continue your journey. You can currently sign up for a year for only $99 and get two months for free. Click the link below to discover a world of expert-led courses, engaging content, and a vibrant community eager to share their knowledge and experiences. Whether you're starting your outdoor journey or looking to deepen your existing skills, the Nature Reliance School online membership is here to guide you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe for more adventures and share this podcast with your fellow nature enthusiasts. Until next time, come on, join in. Let's learn together.